Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This audio program may contain descriptions of violence and topics that may not be suitable for everyone. Please listen with caution. Do you know what the most frightening thing in the world is? It's fear. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. Why, she wouldn't even harm a fly. So, I have something that I'd like to discuss that has been weighing on my mind ever since I first heard about it. Okay. Did you hear about the woman in Australia who is trying to use her dead boyfriend's yes. sperm yes. to conceive a child? Yes. I have so many questions. <laughs> really? Okay. Yes. So, apparently, the situation was... He killed himself. Uh-huh. She found him uh-huh. and immediately got a court order allowing her to extract his sperm okay. from his dead body. Okay. And now she's just won the right to use it. Okay. And this all just sounds like it's without his consent. He said he doesn't have consent anymore. Exactly. But he was probably like, first of all, he killed himself. So he he made that decision, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So he was probably like, yeah, fuck it. I'm not going to have a kid, you know. I'm going to kill myself. Well, I think depression probably takes over at that point. You're not thinking tiny details of like, and I'll never have ice cream again. I think it's more of just like, I'm so depressed. I don't want to live. Exactly. But it's like, he would have... Put some away in storage if well, he was like, have but my when kid you're later. Depressed, you don't want to bring a child into this world exactly. because you're like, this world is awful. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that's actually how you feel. That's you yeah. with depression. It just all seems like but also, such a violation. I don't know. I don't have an issue with it. He's dead. Who really? cares? I mean, it's weird that she wants to have I this think it's kid. Re- this kid is going to grow up knowing that their father's dead. Like, why would you want to put a kid in that situation yes. where now their father's dead? It's a really messed up situation for the kid. Right. But I don't find it to be against this guy's rights or anything because he doesn't have any now. He's dead. Well, the other thing is I find it very, very strange that she finds her boyfriend dead and immediately is just like, I got to get that baby gravy out of this corpse. Well, but if you're someone who is like, oh my gosh, I love my boyfriend. And in your mind while you're dating him is like, we're going to have kids. Maybe, maybe we don't, you know what I mean? Like, we don't know this. She could have talked to her boyfriend all the time. And he was like, yeah, in the future, I really want to have kids with you. And Mm -hmm. that was something they talked about all the time. And then all of a sudden he's dead and you're like, now I'm never going to have kids with him. I just need something to like hold on to him. I need something. I need part of him. Mm. How can I do that? Oh, he still has sperm. I'll just take his sperm and have a kid with that. 
It seems really fucked up. And yeah, also, but... <laughs> she enlisted the help of his father okay. to get the sperm. Okay. I, it's just... Why does that make it weirder? It, it makes it so much weirder. The father was probably like, okay, great. I want a grandchild. So you're... Uh, the person you love most in life has just died. And the only thing you can think of in some cases is, I just want any bit of him that I can. It's why people save voicemails. It's why people save... Yeah, but that's you know, like... It's like, I just need a piece of them. So once they're given that option of like... I can still have a child with him even though he's not alive anymore. That child will grow up and be half him. So I'll have half of him in my life for the rest of my life. Uh, you know, it's a grieving. Yeah, see, that would not be my reaction. Yeah, but you're different than her. Like, if I found that Mike had killed himself, I would probably just be like, well, my life is over now. That's it. <laughs> I'm just like, gonna... I wouldn't jump. I, I personally wouldn't do that. But I can see what in her mind and in his, the father's mind is the reason why you would do that. Of mm-hmm. like, if I have this child, yes, I can't have him, but I can raise something that has ha- that's half of him. And he's such an amazing person and I loved him so much. If I have this child, half of what I loved is going to be in there. It's crazy. Yeah, but some but people it's go crazy. crazy. Some people go insane when people when people in their lives. Yeah, die. but it's just so I would get it if it was like a week later. She's like, we we were planning on having kids and like all this stuff, but it's like, no, look, dead body, still a little bit warm. Let's take the semen out. Well, and yeah, I also she's need probably... to know how it actually physiologically happened. Well, he probably has sperm. So they had to cut his scrotum open. They probably and just used. They probably it. didn't have to cut it open. They probably just used a, a like, thing, like a. And who did it? Who performed it? Probably the the coroner. coroner. I I need to know the details of it. I need to. I don't know why, but I need to. Because I, it's so. That's probably just how they did it. He probably has all. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just you just take it out with like a a needle. And then free so, whatever they do with so it. So there's after that. the balls in the scrotum. Uh-huh. And does the sperms just kind of live around them? Just kind of, they're just in there? Yeah, have you? Yes. <laughs> like they're just floating in there at all times? The testicles hold sperm. Yeah. Yes. So, so they're just in there. So they just take a needle and they. Like directly into the scrotum. Yes, I think that's what they do. Ugh. Ugh. It just seems so weird. If I feel like I don't have an issue with it. Really? I, I mean, it's, I wouldn't do it because this child's going to grow up never having a chance. It's yeah. not like you got pregnant and then the father died where it's like, well, I had no control over it. I wouldn't ha- want to well, have a child. Also, they both were like, hey, you know, we're doing yeah. this. I, wouldn't, I good, just wouldn't you know? want to have a child. Like, I have the feeling that. If she's that baby crazy where she's like, I need a baby now, she mm-hmm. probably had mentioned it to her boyfriend previously. Yeah, apparently she mentioned it to her doctor. Yeah, so I'm sure they talked about it, and mm-hmm. it was a, one day we're going to have children, and then he died, and I'm sure one of the first things was sadness, and then it was like, oh my god, we had this dream of family, I bet you I could still have kids with him, he's, you know, we have to do this fast, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like, because everything's gonna die off soon. Yeah. So that's why immediately you're like, okay, let's do this. That's what I want. 
Yeah. In your grief-stricken, so... crazy brain. Because, I mean, I've seen crazier things. Some people's depression is just so... There's, like, manic depression where you get yeah. through, like, angry and sadness. And that's kind of probably the type of person who would be like, fuck you for having my kids afterwards. Mm -hmm. And then there's, like, depression that you're just struggling with all the time and, like, not telling people about. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'll just kill myself. Not that you're selfish. Your brain is just, you can't think of others because the depression has cut you off basically from everything. Mm -hmm. You're not, it's not like I'm going to kill myself. I know it'll make my mother sad and my girlfriend's going to go insane. It's like, I'm going to kill myself because I can't take it. Because mm -hmm. they're so cut off, right? That's what depression does. It just cuts you off emotionally from people. Yeah. So they're so cut off, he's not thinking, but I could have a child and that child could really, you know what I mean? He's not, it's not even in his realm. It's not like, I don't want kids. I don't want to get married. Mm -hmm. Fuck my girlfriend. I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's also like, it's just obviously not something when you're going through that. It's not something you're like, oh, but. I still want to put a kid into the world that's made of me. But you, you have you no know? idea. Two, a week prior to his death, he could have been like, one day we're going to have children. One day, I can't wait to marry you one day and have children yeah, with you. Yeah, but you could say shit like that and then inside be right, like, but if you yeah, fuck If that. you say it, then that's it. That's your consent. You can't be like, yeah, but so if so, he says, I want to have your baby, then she can take that as he wants to have her babies. But like, so if I died. Okay. And Mike had them extract my eggs mm -hmm. to fertilize later. Uh -huh. I would be pissed. Even though we plan on having kids. Right. You know, I'd be like, what the fuck? But that's you. And Mike would know that would piss you off. But this, I'm saying, I'm saying you don't know this guy. It's could have been his whole life. He could have told her every single day, I can't wait. You know, one day I'm going to be happy and I can't wait to just have kids. Like, that's what I want to do. This is my purpose. All I want to do is have a child with you. I'm trying to fight this depression, all this stuff. Like, that's how he could have been. And so when he died, she was like, I can fulfill his dream to have his child still. Mm -hmm. And then I'll have part of him. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Like, you don't know this guy. So you no, can't be like, he'd be just, pissed. It seems like such a violation of the natural order. You know, like, it. It, it's like. It's one of those things where it's like you're fucking with death and I life. I mean, it's not like they weren't having sex. So it's always a possibility if you're going to have sex that you're going to have a kid. You could take it like that consent-wise. Yeah, but maybe it'd they were the using same protection. Thing. It'd be the same thing if they had sex. And then she walked out the door, found out she was pregnant, came back inside, and he was dead. No, it's the not the same, yeah, though. Because it's the same thing if he had told her previously, I want to have your kids. I'm into kids. I can't wait to have your baby. Blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. And they're having sex. Yeah. Then that's the same thing. If she had gotten pregnant right before he died or right after he died, that's the same thing to me. Because either way, he's giving consent just one uh, one way. He's not going to be there, in which case it doesn't really affect him. It doesn't really matter to him. Hmm. He's not going to be there. So now it's just her decision. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I think if you have to mine the semen from a corpse, that's yeah, where I draw the line. Like, but... I mean, I like just that don't is a corpse it. baby. Yeah, I don't that know. child is going to like, be like to me. If someone was so, you know, you like go and you jack off into a cup. Yeah, and all then, that good stuff. And then stuff. like a girl's like, I want to, I want to be a single parent, mm -hmm. so I'll just have this guy's baby. To me, if someone was like, I did that, but it was a dead person instead of a living person, I'd be like, well, that's weird. But that's it. That's that's the extent. I wouldn't be like, I'd be pissed if I was that guy. I'd be like, mm. 
Why does it matter? Well, that's the the his feeling about it is only one issue I have with it. There are many issues. I don't I have get with any it. other issue except for well, that violates him. But if it doesn't violate him, then what's the other issue? I think that there is a massive aspect to it that, like, I don't agree with the courts. Like, the courts released a statement saying, oh, yeah, this is totally what he would have wanted. And it's like, okay, well, then give us evidence that this right, is what he would have wanted. Right, but it's not for you, you to have evidence. You're the public. You don't need to know the well, evidence. Well, she's taking it to the public. That's the she's thing. She's taking it to the courts. She's not taking it to you. She's not going on Facebook and being like, what do you guys think of all this evidence? Like, <laughs> well, she's by, what I'm by taking is, it to the courts and not... There's no other way, though. I mean, she interviews about it. She right, makes it a public what thing. What it is is she can't be like... Okay, I'll go through step by step what's happened for the last what x many years to show that, like that's for her to say to the courts. But you, like we as people, we don't get to know all that evidence. It's not for us to decide. The courts have decided it. It's not for us. We don't have all the evidence, nor do we deserve all the evidence. It just it seems like a legally very slippery slope. That's the thing. But you don't know that because you don't know what the evidence is. Is what I'm saying. There could be a suicide no, note in but- there that says. Wish we could have had kids. But it sets a That precedent. was my dream. And you could fake something like that. Right. You know? But if it's going into the court, I mean, you could fake anything. <laughs> you could be like Jeffrey Dahmer. Perjury. That's all fake. Like, what? <laughs> well, no, but you could be like, I mean, this opens the door for, you know. For what? Oh, like, if you, I mean, this is a wild situation, but, like, if you're stalking someone. Right. But now you have to prove that that guy wanted to have kids with you. Forge an out. Right, but then you can tell that's a forgery. Maybe not. That's what the courts do. And also, I'm sure there's more than just one note. But some but of the I'm evidence sure, was like she you went stalking, to her doctor. But Okay, but if, if you were stalking a guy, mm-hmm. say Mike wasn't your fiancé, you yes. were stalking him. I could be like, yeah, she was stalking him. If 75 people are like, she was stalking him, here's the proof that she was stalking him, here's the, the you know, court order against her and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And here's one note that might be forged that just says, yeah, she can have my babies after I die. Then well, the courts would probably say that, no, you're a crazy stalker. No, but if there if there wasn't legal shit about it, like if you're secretly stalking someone, you, you know, and just waiting and all that yeah, shit. But and that's then not also, and then also it's about who can, who has rights to the parts of a dead person. Like she wasn't his wife. Okay, legally, but what's she it has matter no right. If it's the wife or the girlfriend. It to matters me, legally, that, right? But to me, like she, but, but she would not be allowed to see him if he not, was in the ICU. Okay, but it's not parts of his body; it's his sperm. It's not like that's still but, a part. That's a part of his. But what body. I'm saying is, again, we just don't know. We don't have all the information. No, we don't have all the information. But what they have put out. Doesn't make sense. Right. That's but, what I'm saying. Okay. But what I'm saying is we just don't know this guy. So until we know this guy, we can't be like, she's crazy. This is, you know. But if I made the decision to, to kill myself, mm-hmm. mentally ill or or not, who knows? Then I would be, with that act, resigning myself to the fact right. that we will never my have children point, together, that my, my biology will when, not go on. My whole point is... When you make a decision to kill yourself, sometimes it's a split second decision and you're not you're not ending your consent for something else because you're not thinking about it. You could also say the same about someone who commits a crime. Like Right, some people do say that about people who commit exactly. crimes. Exactly. It's like 
well, in this moment, I'm pissed. I'm going to murder this person. Right. The problem is, is that that's your de- you are judged based on the decision, the actions you take. You're right, but in that case, you're judged on what happens to the other person. Well, it what doesn't you matter do what happens. It doesn't matter what happens to you in that case. It matters what happens to the person you're doing it to. So in this case, nothing's happening to another person. It's happening to you. Well, it's that's by him taking his own life. He is basically saying we're not going to have kids. Right, but he's not. Is what I'm saying. Like that's what I'm saying. You can't take Thor people every day who really want to have children and then kill themselves it doesn't mean at that point they're like i don't want to have children that decision don't they don't affect each other because in their minds the depression is clouding all of that because if they could think oh if i kill myself i won't have children and i really want children so i won't kill myself then they wouldn't be depressed i'm not saying that it's you know centered around that decision or no i know it doesn't. I mean, I'm sure he didn't kill himself because he wanted or didn't want to have say, kids. But I'm saying, I'm saying that that's one of the consequences of actions. Right. But what and I'm that, saying is, it's like when a six month old bites your finger. They don't understand what consequences are, so you can't be mad at them for biting your finger. You have to teach them that's the consequence. In a depressed person, they kill themselves. They're not aware of the consequences because if they were, it wouldn't be depression. When you're depressed enough to kill yourself, you're not thinking logically. If but you were I think thinking you, through all of I that. I think you do think about those things. When I was going through the worst of my depression, my suicidal ideation, I have, I still have a document that has my whole funeral planned. But, it has instructions for everyone. But you didn't kill you know? yourself. No, but if I had. You could, right, but I would have. I would have thought though. about all that shit. But that's the difference though. You didn't kill yourself because you could, when depression gets so bad... Right. When my brother took five bottles of pills and Mm -hmm. just chugged them, he wasn't thinking this is going to make Reppy really sad. He wrote a suicide note, Mm -hmm. but he wasn't logically thinking, oh, now I'm never going to see Reppy graduate. You know what I mean? Now I'm never going to have kids, even though he wants to have kids Mm -hmm. in his life. He wasn't ending that consent of having kids. He was like, life is too much right now. Mm -hmm. I can't get through this part of my life. He wasn't like. I don't want to have kids. I don't want to get married. I don't want to whatever. But it, like, I still think things... there is a, I think there's an underlying understanding right. that once you're gone, saying, you're gone. Right. I'm just you saying know? that understanding, I'm sure he wasn't thinking at all at any time, this means I won't have children. Yeah, but he also wasn't thinking, oh, well, she could still have a right. kid from my dead body. Right. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't, that he's pissed that she did that. Is all I'm no, saying. it doesn't mean that he's pissed, but it's not something that he could have known about. Like who who could have known about that? Known no, about I, the possibility. I know, exactly. But so it, that doesn't mean he's <laughs> that he doesn't want it. Just because you don't know the possibility. The way I view it, the act of suicide is kind of being like, okay, well, that's it for my body. Right. You know. Right. But... And I think that. By taking materials from the body to make another person, I don't think that is something that the living have, like, that you have a right to do. Well, anyway, enough about that. Because That was like six hours. I know, because we could just go in circles and circles and circles about it forever. Today we're going to be telling you stories of black widows. I told Mike, he was like, yeah, what are you guys doing? And I was like, well, our topic this week is black widows. And he was like... Why are you talking about spiders? 
I was like, no, honey, no. This is what I'm going to be when you get rich. That's what you should have said. (laughs) Google it. I was like, uh, that's not, it's not about spiders. (laughs) He's so funny. There's a few different ways to define a black widow. Mm -hmm. Eight legs, black in color. Were we not supposed (laughs) to talk about spiders? Yes. Oh, I have to change mine (laughs) real quick. Um, So a lot of people think of a black widow as someone who, Kills a bunch of husbands or men for money. Love that type. Yes. Love the other type, love, though. I love, love a black all of widow. Them. <laughs> but sometimes it is just a woman who kills her husband. Uh-huh. It's fun either way, isn't it? It is. <laughs> and then there's also the girls. I would consider a black widow if a woman kills a guy after sex. Mm-hmm. Or, like, in a relationship. And then like, eats they him have, like look. a mantis. <laughs> Look, we're in like this fun hip time. You don't have to be married. Yes. You know, it could be your life. It could be a lesbian thing. Yes. Except all black widows is what I'm saying. Whether it's your husband. So so you're saying anyone that. Your wife. Any woman that kills kills their partner. Their partner. Yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Okay. Let's be politically correct about this. Okay. I I get that. Um, Especially if it was after sex, that'd be great. I couldn't find any stories like that, but I was looking for a praying mantis story. Yes, <laughs> but one I couldn't of those. Find them, you know where they rare... take off the head and eat it. Yes, always fun. The head mm. isn't the meatiest part, though. No, but it's got the eyes, which are hydrating. <laughs> the same way, if you're so, I'm gonna save some lives right now. If you're ever stuck on a desert island, you can drink the eyeballs of fish, and it'll give you a lot of hydration. Really? Yeah. They're so tiny, though. Yeah, but they're all water. Oh. Hmm. I would just so. fill a fish with water. And then you'd fill a fish with water. Yes, you just where you would the water if apart. you had water? Mm, they're swimming in something in the ocean. Yeah. You can't drink ocean water. No, you can't. You have to distill it. Maybe uh, it distills in the fish. <laughs> the gills that come through the gills. You're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, now they make like really easy desalinators, which right. is awesome. I should really start bringing those on airplanes. <laughs> like those little bags. <laughs> yes. Because then if you ever survive. crash on yeah, your island, you have one. You're going to be like the woman in Bridesmaids that Kristen Wiig sits next to. And she's like, I had a dream last night. The plane went down. You were there. <laughs> like, yeah, just exactly. freaking everyone out. <laughs> Let's see. I've got my distiller. Do you have yours? Yes. I have mine. You can't have it. <laughs> and I'll carry it on my little carry-on. Yeah. And then that way I always have water if I, in case wow. I crash. I mean, the, the straws that desalinate and clean water uh-huh. um, are, like, cheap now. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you about, wait for it, Evelyn Dick. Yeah, you sent me this. I don't know who that is. Yeah, well, you're going to find out. Okay. Great name. Name. For what she has accomplished, it really is. Yes. So she was born on October 13th, 1920 Mm -hmm. as Evelyn McLean. Oh, that is good. And which is better than Evelyn Dick. Well, not for her (laughs) business. Nope, I guess not. Uh, And she was born in Beamsville, Ontario. Oh, Canada. Yes, she is Canadian. Yay. She was the only child of Scottish immigrants Donald and Alexandra McLean. Donald McLean, an abusive alcoholic, worked for the Hamilton Street Railway, but supplemented his income by stealing from work. (laughs) What did he steal from the railways? There was like a safe with with a bunch of money in it, and he just... I thought he was just stealing like... Railways like iron. I'll melt this <laughs> yes. down. Yes. <laughs> Here's a track. What can I get yes. for it? 
With the stolen money, the McLeans sent Evelyn to a private Catholic girls' school. Evelyn was rebellious and did not act as a young girl was expected to. This being the case, she was often excluded by peers and ostracized, which is like, why wouldn't you want to be friends with the weird girl? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it sounds like all of us. Yes. As <laughs> Evelyn flourished into a beautiful young woman, she learned that she could use her good looks to exploit unsuspecting men. These men bought Evelyn expensive gifts, such as furs and jewelry, and she began to mingle with the wealthiest of the locals. Ooh. Mm. Wealthy. <laughs> because of her many suitors, she became the center of town gossip, and rumors of her exploits spread throughout the area. In the summer of 1942, when Evelyn was 21 years old, she gave birth to her first child, a daughter. Alexandra McLean took the child in and raised her. Just two years later, in 1944, Evelyn's second child, a son whom she named Peter David White, was born. Nurses noted that Evelyn seemed fond of the baby, but she did say that her father did not want another, quote, bastard in the house. <laughs> when Evelyn returned home without Peter after giving birth, Uh-oh. she told her parents that she had given the baby to the Children's Aid Society to be adopted. Did you eat it? She did not eat it. We're going to find out what happened to Peter later. The following he was fine. <laughs> yes, he's fine. He's he was adopted by a loving family. The following summer, Evelyn met a Russian immigrant named John Dick. Two Uh-oh. names for a penis. <laughs> Dick Dick. That's Dick, what we Dick. call him. Dicky Dick. <laughs> Dicky Dick. He was quite a bit older than her, at thirty nine years old. And How old he was she? She is like twenty three. He worked as a streetcar driver. And Evelyn, in her limited knowledge of occupations and average salaries, mistakenly thought that Dick's career could finance her luxurious tastes. So she's like, he's a streetcar driver. I hit the jackpot. Oh, no. (laughs) Evelyn posed as a widow of a Canadian naval officer with the surname White, who had died in World War II. That's what she named Peter. Uh Peter after this fictitious navalman. Dick was infatuated with the attractive young woman, and they became engaged after only weeks together. Come on, Richard, do your research. (laughs) Richard, his name is John. I thought it was Richard Dick. It's John Dick. You said Richard. No, I said John. You said, play it back. (laughs) This is is what we'll put in the part where I'm right. Okay, keep going. (laughs) Evelyn's parents did not approve of the marriage and refused to attend the wedding on October 4th, 1945. Soon after the wedding, Evelyn realized that Dick was nowhere near as wealthy as she had assumed, and so she deserted him for a former lover named Bill Bohozuk. Despite Evelyn's shallowness and disregard for his feelings, Dick wanted to make the marriage work. He bought a house and asked her to move into it with him to start their family. Evelyn agreed on the condition that the deed to the home be in her name. Oh, Richard. (laughs) Richard. She continued to carry on relationships with Bohozuk and several other men until Dick could no longer stand the blatant infidelity and moved out of the house. Dick pleaded with Evelyn's father, Donald McLean, to help him take control of the marriage and force Evelyn to act in a respectable manner, but McLean refused to get involved in his daughter's relationships. Dick, without any other course of action, threatened to turn McLean into authorities for his longtime thefts from the railway, Uh which Evelyn had told him about. 
McLean became irate and threatened to kill Dick if he told anyone about the crimes. Dick went to the authorities anyway and told the Hamilton police about the threats. In the first week of March 1946, just five months after marrying Evelyn, John Dick disappeared. Uh-oh, where could he be? <laughs> oh, poor Richard. <laughs> Dick was last seen on March 6th at a local restaurant. Ten days later, a group of children who were hiking a mountain trail came across what they thought was the carcass of a pig. Until they looked closer, the gruesome object was a partially halved human torso. Like someone had tried to cut it in half but couldn't. I want to see it. (laughs) There are pictures. Oh, yay. Yes. Oh, I shouldn't be happy about it. (laughs) It was determined that the torso had been dumped at the scene 10 days earlier, right after Dick was last seen. The weapon used to kill this person was a 32 caliber five-shot handgun. And this handgun was later found at Don McLean's home. <gasps> so there you go. Evelyn was immediately brought to the police station for questioning and denied having any knowledge pertaining to Dick's death. In fact, when informed of her husband's death, Evelyn reportedly told police, quote, don't look at me. I don't know anything about it. The house she had once shared with Dick was searched, and investigators made a shocking discovery. His head. (laughs) No. Head and limbs still missing. In the attic, there was an old beige suitcase, which, when opened, revealed the concrete encased body of Evelyn's newborn son, Peter. Peter! Yeah. This discovery prompted an investigation into Evelyn's parents and their home as well. At the Dick home... Pieces of charred human bone and teeth were found, as well as bits of a Hamilton Street Railway uniform. A car that Evelyn had borrowed was also discovered, and it contained bloodstained seats and bloody clothing of John Dix in the back seat. Evelyn, her father, and Bohozuk were arrested and charged with John Dick's murder. Evelyn and Bohozuk were additionally charged with infanticide, and Donald McLean was charged for his years of robbery. Bohozik is her boyfriend? Yeah. Long time, boy- like, on and off boyfriend. Um, what a whore. So they, so, <laughs> so they think that he was the father of Peter. Um, and yeah. And they killed him. And that, like, he knew about. Why yeah. wouldn't they just give him up for adoption like she said? Who the fuck knows? People are weird. Evelyn made up several stories about what had happened to Dick. She said a man had come to the house on the night of March 6th asking for money from him. Then she claimed an Italian gangster had murdered him, but later maintained, again, that she knew nothing about the murder. (laughs) So this happened, and then this happened, but I don't know anything, so I mean... I have no idea. (laughs) Exactly. I was just being a good wife and mother. Yes. Of my dead child. (laughs) I mean... I mean, I know nothing about that either. Yes, So crazy. Who knows anything? I don't. I mean. I'm a woman. I'm dumb. I'm so dumb. (laughs) Don't look at me. When confronted with the possibility of the death penalty, Evelyn turned on Bohozuk, making several false accusations against him. At the time of the trial of Evelyn Dick, she was just 25 years old. Holy shit. She really did a lot with her life. Right? (laughs) People lined up outside of the courthouse as the courtroom filled to capacity. The trial was the most talked-about topic in town and made front-page news all over Canada. 
The trial included evidence that linked Evelyn to Dick's murder, but testimony was also given about Evelyn's sex life, escapades, and what had become known as her black book. While on the stand, this is my favorite part, Evelyn was asked how many men she had been intimate with. She placed the number at around 150 and announced to the court that the judge's son was among them. (laughs) Girl, she's so good. The judge struck the testimony from the record. (laughs) By the end of the trial, the jury was convinced of her guilt and sentenced her to death by hanging. But Evelyn escaped the death penalty. Her lawyer, J.J. Robinette, successfully appealed the sentence by arguing that police had acquired Evelyn's statements improperly. Donald McLean's murder charges were dropped, but he pled guilty to being an accessory after the fact in the murder. He served just five years in prison for this crime and received an additional five years for his ongoing theft, which was estimated to have totaled around $200,000 back then. Holy shit! (laughs) That's a lot of money. Yes. Bohozuk was acquitted of all charges. After the murder trial, Evelyn's infanticide trial began. Her mother, Alexandra, testified that Evelyn had told her that she had put the baby up for adoption. Evelyn was found guilty of manslaughter for the death of her baby, the cause of which was determined to be suffocation. The sentence was one of life in prison, but she served 11 years and was released on parole in 1958. In 1985, Evelyn was formally pardoned and no longer had to report to officials. The documents about her case were sealed. The location of Evelyn Dick has remained a mystery since the 1960s. For a time in the late 1980s, it was believed that she had died in a house fire, but this was later proved to be false. Mm -mm. To this day, no one knows if Evelyn is still living, as she would be 98 years old. Oh, she's dead. (laughs) Well, but a cold black heart could live for a long time. Right. The house where Evelyn lived with her parents at 214 Rosslyn Avenue South in Hamilton is said by the residents to be haunted. Uh. Current owner Barbara Harding blames the death of her mother and husband on the spirit of John Dick. Both had fallen while inside the home and died of injuries relating to the accidents. Harding's husband fell in the front foyer of the house back in 2009 when he was home alone. The fall left him unable to get up, and doctors determined that he had inhaled his own blood. Oh, my God. And contracted pneumonia. That's a long time. Yeah. fuck? Was he there for a week? Right? I don't understand the timeline on that. He inhaled his own blood. Yes. Uh, also, how? Was he bleeding in the mouth? I'm confused. I, maybe he bit his tongue and, and was like, just swallowing I don't know, blood. Because I know you could die from swallowing blood. But yeah. I, the, the details are To get are pneumonia. Unclear. To die from pneumonia, yeah. that has to take at least like a day Maybe and a half. he already had pneumonia. I don't yeah. know. Harding's father had been a co-worker of Donald McLean's. Oh. And she had been born just three days after her family moved into the home. Both of her parents had known Evelyn personally. <gasps> a schoolyard song about Evelyn, who has become known as the Torso Murderer, is said to still be sung today by children. The lyrics go, You cut off his legs, you cut off his arms, you cut off his head. How could you, Mrs. Dick? 
Well, that's not a great song. It's not a also, great song. Also, it doesn't anyone, rhyme. Has anyone found his um, arms nope. or head? Nope. <gasps> still missing. Oh, my God. She probably burned them. <laughs> Today, it is still unknown who actually shot John Dick and who performed the dirty deed of dismembering him. Oh, it's definitely uh, the boyfriend who tried to cut him up. <laughs> and The father who shot him? I think the father gave her the gun and she shot him. Mm. A lot of people were like, she was so dainty. She couldn't have been the one to pull the trigger. Oh, please. Like, uh, they it were... was inside a car, so she was probably like, let's go for a drive or whatever. Yeah. And then she shoots him. And also, there was like some remark someone made that was like, her hands were so small and delicate. It was hard to think that she could suffocate even a baby. <laughs> it was like, what? <laughs> what? what the fuck? <laughs> Who do you think did it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what's going on? And then her father went on to write the seminal masterpiece, American Pie. Because <laughs> he's Don McLean. <laughs> it's spelled differently, though. Oh, well, poor Richard. Yeah. Poor Richard. <laughs> Let's just call him John Richard. No. From now on. Richard, Johnny, John, Richard, Dick. Dick. Dickie Richard. Everything that means Dick yeah. is what we're going to call him. Gosh. <laughs> Well, I did Nanny Doss. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Which, the whole time I was just thinking of that um, H.H. Holmes as a, episode of last podcast where she's like, where, uh, I'm Nanny. I'm Nanny. <laughs> <laughs> and so her name is Nanny? Yeah, her name is Nanny. Okay, it's not N- a job no, title, N- it's a name. N-N-N-I-E, Nanny. Oh, I. Yeah. Oh. So I was thinking of Henry going, oh, I'm Nanny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Nanny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm <dead. laughs> uh, Okay, so she was born in 1905 um, to a woman named Dixie. And I assume what? her father. I don't know. this. <laughs> um, a woman named Dixie. Yeah. At seven, she suffered a head injury when she was on a train, and that train was hit by a buggy. And so she gets thrown from the train. <gasps> What? Like a train car. Yeah. Thrown from it? Like yeah. Like out like the window? So I think it's like a, almost like San Francisco trolley like type a trolley. train. Okay. Um, <laughs> because, yeah, the, I don't know. Also, if it was a real train, wouldn't that buggy just be smushed? Yeah. my thing. So yeah. I was thinking maybe it was like a trolley and she yeah, fell over. Yeah, probably. And then she, if it was a real train, she just goes flying through all the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> out to the rail. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, in her teens, she... Started getting molested by locals. Oh, no. Fun. Always great. And she dreamed of eventually moving out and becoming the perfect wife and mother. She read a lot of romance magazines and Lonely Heart columns. Mm. Not the first time mentioned in this podcast. At the age of 16, she marries a man named Charles Bragg. Mm. She's so young. Yeah. Um, well, back then, you know. Yeah, back then she, she was, was like an older. <laughs> um, the couple ends up having four kids in succession. So, like, basically so the, every year for four always years. She, yeah. yeah. Um, and the couple is living with Bragg's mother, who was also pretty abusive. And it said that her father, Nanny's father, mm-hmm. Doss, I guess I'll call her, Doss's father, was also pretty abusive when she was young, but mm-hmm. there's not a lot of information on him. Mm-hmm. I don't even have a name. I Mr. Mean, Doss. <laughs> they call prob- me. <laughs> I would probably be like, what the fuck if my son married a teenager and then popped out six kids all at once? Four, <laughs> Four kids, sorry. 
Same. <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> Richard, John, who yeah. knows? So the mom basically was just an abusive bitch. Yes. Um. In 1927, the two of the four children died suddenly. The autopsy was performed and there was no real cause for the de- of death. Mm-hmm. They said that one minute they were happy and healthy and running around and the next they were dead. Cause of death. Death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In 1928, the couple divorced and Braggs took their oldest daughter, Melvina. What? That's a rough name. <laughs> with him, but left the newborn with the ex-wife. Oh, no. It took Doss only a year to find another husband. Mm. An abusive alcoholic. Of course. Oh, guess where he's from. A type. <laughs> yep. <laughs> guess where he's from. If you think, like, trashy, alcoholic, guess Iowa. the state. <laughs> so rude. <laughs> Iowa is great. Uh, <laughs> Come on, you can guess this state. Pennsylvania. <laughs> You're the worst. Florida. Yeah. <laughs> He's from Jacksonville, Florida, oh, which is like dirty Florida. Yeah, and his name is Frank Harrelson. They met through a Lonely Hearts column, mm-hmm. Tinder, if you will. Tinder on paper. Yeah, <laughs> he would write her romantic letters, and Doss would respond with racy photos Ooh. and also letters. So Who's she's taking like, them? Hmm. The children. <laughs> her little newborn <laughs> with a camera. Uh, so did she? Didn't she have to like stay? Still for a long time. I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a sketching. Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio right. drew her. No, he couldn't because he died. <laughs> okay, so this marriage lasted 16 years until oh, wow. 1945. Huh. During this time, Doss had a granddaughter who was born. Who It was Melvina's daughter. Mm-hmm. Who, unfortunately, a few days after birth, died. And many suspect that the cause of death was a hairpin that was stabbed into her brain. Wait, what? Yes. Yes. How ah. disgusting. Do you oh just want to die right now? I mean, I guess they do have soft skulls. Yeah, well, it was stabbed in through her ear. <gasps> no. Like a long ass hairpin of like the 1940s. Yeah. Stabbed in through her ear. That's awful. No, she just rolled over on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Couldn't be helped. It only took a few more months. After her newborn granddaughter's death, for another tragedy to strike. Mm. Her two-year-old grandson, Robert, died of asphyxiation. So, sorry. This is, <laughs> it's not funny, but sometimes when I write these stories, I use voice text. Oh, no. And I go through and fix it. But instead of asphyxiation, it wrote, fix this Asian. <laughs> <laughs> what does Siri think of you? <laughs> he died of fixed <laughs> Come on, Siri, get it together. No. Um. Okay, back to the sad. So he's two, <laughs> yes. dead two-year-old. He dies of asphyxiation, and Doss was the one who was watching him. Mm-hmm. On September fifteenth, nineteen forty-five, Doss's husband dies unexpectedly. Mm. Florida dude. F- Florida dude dies. Okay. At the time, everyone thought he died of food poisoning. But what really happened was he had, like, a secret stash of moonshine, and she put arsenic in it. Oh, gosh. Doss was able to collect enough life insurance money to buy a plot of land and a house near Jacksonville, Florida. Going back to Jacksonville? It's just disgusting. Uh, So, Doss then finds another husband. mm -hmm. Her next husband was, this is another weird name, Arlie Lanning, A-R-L-I-E, of Lexington, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So she went up to visit for something, and she finds him. Mm -hmm. In 1952, after several years of being married to Doss, he dies. And doctors assume it was a heart attack 
because everyone knew he was a heavy drinker. He was mm-hmm. like a super alcoholic man, just like daddy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what actually happened was that Doss had poisoned one of Lanning's meals. In a crazy twist of events, right, the house that the couple lived in was burnt to the ground days after his death. What? Which is weird because had it been standing, the house would have been left to Lanning's sister. But when it burned down, the money went to her. Doss. Yeah. So she claims that life insurance mm-hmm. and that insurance and the, for, the, for the house. Her next husband is Richard Morton. And of course, she finds him in Lexington, North Carolina, which is just like, how is she finding all these men? She Oh, sure. She can have all the men she wants. Back then, you could just leave a bottle of moonshine out. Yeah. And whoever and just wandered over like, like a stray cat, yeah. you just... <laughs> it doesn't work anymore. No. <laughs> so her mother gets sick and she goes to take care of her mother. Mm-hmm. During that time, her husband starts cheating on her. <gasps> winner, winner, chicken mm-hmm. dinner. But she doesn't realize because she's taking care of her mother. Yeah. So in 1953, though, her mother unexpectedly... So her mother had broken her hip, which is why she needed a caretaker. Mm-hmm. But other than that, she was healthy. She dies without warning. Oh, my gosh. And then for the, like the funeral, the family comes in. And then Doss's sister unexpectedly dies as well. So Doss comes home... To find her husband having an affair, mm. and all of a sudden he dies under mysterious circumstances. Yeah. So, her final victim is Samuel Box of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm. I think I spelt Box phonetically. I think it's spelt different than B O X. In case anyone's googling uh-huh. it, <laughs> I think it's spelt weird. Box. But he wasn't a drunk and he wasn't abusive. Oh. The only thing he asked of Doss was that she only read magazines or watch TV shows that were educational. <laughs> Which is weird, but I guess better than a drunk. No Jersey Shore for no her. No Jersey Shore. <laughs> so she l- ends up lacing a prune cake with poison, but it doesn't kill Samuel. He spends months in the hospital recovering. He makes it home on October 5th and is dead that night with poisoned coffee. The doctor who treats the fifth husband, and eventually is like, he's dead, I don't Mm -hmm. know, whatever, signs the death certificate, I guess, convinces Doss, so Doss has a life, two life insurance policies out on this guy. (laughs) And he convinces Doss to say okay to an autopsy because he convinces her that it will somehow save lives. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, this guy just dies randomly, we need to know what's Mm -hmm. happening. And so she consents. Well, joke was on that guy because, not the coroner, the husband, because, you know, the two books she read that were educational were Poisons of the World. <laughs> yep. And Life how Insurance for Dummies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how to Kill Husbands for Dummies. Okay. Um, the doctors do an autopsy, and in Samuel's body, they found a huge amount of arsenic. In 1954, she's arrested. And she eventually confessed to killing five ex-husbands. So the only one who made it out alive was that first one. Yeah. Police end up exhuming another one of her victims, another Mm ex-husband of hers. And they also find poison in him. And they find out that that is Doss's, like, choice. So other than the little kid she stabbed with a hairpin, Mm -hmm. she just arsenic poisons everyone. It's, like, her favorite thing. I mean, it's a very hands-off approach. Right. Also, rat poison at a time had... Lots of levels of arsenic, mm-hmm. and you can just buy it at any store. Yeah, easy. And no one would even think twice. Because, be like, oh, yeah, you get rid rats. of those rats. Yeah. <laughs> she only confesses to killing the husbands, though. Mm-hmm. But in total, not the, the children. Right, or the mother or anyone. Yeah. In total, police think she has killed up to 12 people whom she was blood related to. Mm. 
And Doss ends up blaming her murders on her brain injury. Mm. She also makes it a note to say she wasn't after life insurance. Sure. She like she like sure. specifically was like it wasn't about the money. It was just for fun, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Even though she took two out on her fifth husband. Yeah. In her words, she was searching for the perfect man with the real romance in her life. Oh, sure. That's why she kept getting up with the alcohol. Yeah. When one husband wasn't living up to her expectations, whether it be abuse or alcoholism, she would just kill them <laughs> because that was the only way Wonderful. she could figure out how to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. When she was interviewed about killing her last husband, she admitted that while she did kill him, she felt sorry for him. Even though she should have been feeling sorry for her. Direct quote. (laughs) She said that almost immediately after marrying him, she started to get annoyed and bored. And she didn't know, she, she, at the time of the marriage, she didn't know what she was getting into is what she said. Mm -hmm. How about him? He didn't realize he was getting a death sentence with that marriage. When she was asked if she felt guilty about murdering these men, she stated, I don't feel guilty about these men. She then went on to talk about the life insurance policy and how she didn't kill them for the life insurance policy. She said, I love them. I married those men because I loved them. My conscience is clear. In 60 and 19... It was just a bonus. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> no, no, no. I love these men. It's like, oh, weird okay, way of then. showing it. In 1964, she died in prison while serving a life sentence. She ended up getting the nickname Giggling Granny. Because every time she told a story of how she killed her late husband, she laughed. Mm. So the whole interview she's... process, she was just like, and then. <laughs> oh, my God. And then I put it in his coffee. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, you could see, you could yeah. hear them. And it's just like. Oh and she's God. like an old granny. Yeah. She's well, like I mean. sweet old lady with dark lipstick on. she's been a grandma since she was 25. Yeah. She's like. <laughs> well, 30, 30. So. But she is older, you know, like yeah. she's arrested. She's probably like 40s, but like mm-hmm. looks like she's kind of like 70. Yeah. But she's like kind of bigger, curly hair, dark red lips. But dead now. But dead now. Yes. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, I yeah, assume. she tells the story and she's just like, 1964, she dies. And she was just like, and then <laughs> I put it in his prune cake because yeah. he really liked prune cake. So I knew he'd eat it. Oh, my God. It's just like. Why are what is you wrong laughing? with her? Yikes. Yeah. And she was like, it was my brain injury. I loved yes. these men. I didn't I didn't kill these men for money. I loved these it's men. It's like in a trial and error when she has the inappropriate reactions, you know? And she's like she's like, it first manifested when oh, my right, grandma right, right. Fell and she off just starts room. laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, I love that fucking That's a show. Good show. It is. Um, so I guess that's it. Yeah, it's been like seven hours. It's been like an hour and a half. <laughs> really? I feel like an hour of that is us talking about that. It is. I'll edit it. Don't well, worry. You don't have to edit it that much. So we are Helen High Horror. <laughs> I'm Austin Castelli. That is Reppy Hatterson. I am getting ready to publish my witchcraft book. Yay. Which is fun. So, um... Just a lot of editing to do. And then it'll be out. So you'll hear me talk about that. If it's something you're interested in, I'm going to price it very reasonably. Mm. So I'm Austin Costelli on most things. I'm Reprata Ann on everything, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. 
We are Hell High Horror on Twitter. Hell and High Horror on On everything everything else. else. You can do Instagram. We're on the Murderly Network. So you can go on there and check out other podcasts. Mm -hmm. You can go on the website. And then most of those are available on iTunes and Stitcher as well. It's all like murder themed. Yeah, it's true crime. It is. It's very fun. Um, And I think that's it, right? I think that's it. Okay. We will talk at you next week. Happy hauntings. Bye. Bye. Bye.